Okay. So, I've been talking about how throughout this process, I really have been fighting very, very hard and going through so much, feeling like I'm being tortured and tormented every day and trying to figure out the meaning behind that and just why God allows me to stay in such a torturous environment. Well, I remember around the deliverance, God had shown me that, you know, after all that I had done, still I had to stay in this predicament. And I was wondering, like, why after all that I've done, I'm still in this predicament? It seems as if, like, I'm the enemy or something. Like, I'm the most wrong, even though... You know, throughout this process, the only way to get through was to realize, you know, who I really was and that the enemy was telling lies on me and that, of course, I'm not innocent. I've sinned and I'm so wrong on so many different levels. But this place that I'm in is not necessarily because I'm wrong, but because I am chosen and because of the anointing and the favor that is on my life is why I'm in this predicament and, you know, being tortured and tormented by these different principalities and powers of darkness. So why does it feel like I'm being punished or that I'm the most wrong? And why does it feel like I have to take so many hits, you know, and it feels like in a way, it's like I'm paying for something. Like I've reaped what I've sown. And I was okay with that idea. I was okay with the fact that, okay, I'm paying for something. I'm wrong. I wasn't always okay with it. Of course, I battled the different emotions, like how unfair it felt. But I can accept that. I can accept that I'm wrong. I can accept that, you know, it's my fault. I can accept that this is punishment. But I cannot accept you know, not knowing, you know, or feeling like, why does it feel like the only way to to make it out of this is to realize that it's not punishment and this is not a consequence, but this is instead an opportunity and a blessing, you know, a miracle that God is, you know, choosing me and deciding to use me as a vessel to deliver my entire family. It's a, you know, It's a gift. It's more than a gift. So realizing that it is a gift, but it's feeling like a curse was what I was having difficulty accepting. And I think that that kind of makes the process longer when you're like, why do why does it feel like the only way out of this and the only way to truly understand what God is doing is to. Thank him. Thank him for this and acknowledge it as a gift. But every single day, everything that I go through and everything that I am feeling and everything that I am experiencing, it is nothing. It feels it's just so reflective of a curse. So I'm fighting so hard to um, find the perspective that God's, God wants me to have. I'm fighting so hard to observe what it is, whatever knowledge that I feel like it is that he is trying to show me or, or give to me in this process. Whatever he wants, whatever lesson he wants me to learn, whatever transformation he wants me to walk into, I'm trying, I'm fighting so hard to get there. But it's very hard when I'm just like, 
you know, it feels that I'm I'm never like it's like I'm trying too hard and every nothing I can do is necessarily right and that it's nothing really I can do anyways but just sit here and suffer and that everything that I try and do in God's name, you know, every all the the entire fight feels like I'm just straining straining in a direction that feels like if it really were <laughs> excuse me, the direction that I should be going in, would it be this hard? Would it be this tough? What I feel, why do I always feel like I'm ricocheting back? Like a rubber band, like the, the resistance on the rubber band. Why do I always feel this resistance? I feel like every single time I let go for a second, I pop right back and I don't understand why it feels like I'm getting nowhere. And that was the most frustrating part, but I was just reminded earlier, you know, after, just this big encounter with God. I was asking, but I couldn't really ask because I couldn't really talk. Somebody else had to say what was on my heart for me. And and when they finally did ask, they said, "Why, why, why does she have to go through through so much?" Why why don't you take it off of her? Why are you allowing her to stay in it even after everything? You know, she knows that it's Satan now. She knows that, you know, you are real. She's vindicated in that way where, you know, you are chosen and this is the reason she's in, you have chosen her and this is the reason why she's in this situation. So why 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 is she still here? Like what is it? What is it that you want her to see? Has she not done enough? Or like what? Like they're asking the questions I want to know. Like what more am I going to have to do? How much further am I going to have to go? I'm here for the long haul. So I don't want to ask those questions as if, you know, I need to know how much more I need to do. Or at some point I'm going to fail. Or at some point I'm going to give up if it's too much work. Because if God feels like you're like at this point, you know, I can I can do this much. You know, like as if you're bargaining with him about how much you're willing to take in order to serve him because he's not going to have that. Like you're going to take as much as it takes. You know, Jesus died on the cross for the forgiveness of all of our sins and he was innocent. He was crucified. He was nailed through his hands and his feet. He died for us. And, you know, that's a big price, not to mention the Bible says over and over again, you're going to have to be persecuted in the name of God. You're going to have to be persecuted just like him. So if he feels like you're saying, I can only take this much and then I say, I'm just, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't think that I'm going to be able to be the the person or the, 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 the vessel that God has, you know, destined me to be. I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm not going to be able to do that. Like that's an insult to God. You know, because it was no price he would not pay for us. So I'm not trying to say it in a way where it's like at this point when I I can do all the way up into this much and then I'm done. I can go this far and then I can't do it anymore. Like I'm going to go do my thing. I'm going to stop listening to you. I'm going to stop following you. I'm going to give up. And I, I am still battling that, but that's just because there's still work done, left to be done in me. I do understand that that's not the mindset that's actually going to work out. Because when you're doing it, 
according to what you feel like you need to do or according to your own plan or your own will and you're not submitting to his will, then you might as well not be doing it at all. It's a waste of time. And so, you know, a lot of this process, I had to overcome the fear. I had to overcome the fear of feeling like all of this will be for nothing. And the thing about it is, if it is all for nothing, that is because I assumed that I knew when I had enough. I knew when it was enough. I got to call that shot. And so it's difficult. It's really difficult, you know, being like, you know, it'll never be for nothing. It'll never be for nothing. It's really not difficult, though, when you know God's love, when you know he is worthy to be praised, when you know that, you know, the transformation he's made in your life, whatever it is that you've experienced, even if you have to go through this, that, or any of it is taken back, or you have to do it all over again, start over a million times, you know that he is worth it. So by then, you know that it's not hard and it's not difficult for you to say, even if all for nothing is worth it. But I cannot say that it's not challenging when I wind up in certain situations that are like, you know, well, you're going to face a season. It's not even about certain situations. You're just going to be in a season and you're going to face times where it's so draining and so overwhelming. And it feels like it's so much unnecessary strain and stress on your life. And what God... God being an understanding God that he is, I I I absolutely believe and accept that, you know, he knows me. He knows what I'm feeling. He knows how I feel about this, and he loves me anyways. He loves me, and he chose me despite knowing that I would feel this way. He knows everything. So I shouldn't have to feel, you know, like, I have to hide that from him. It's nothing that I can hide from him anyways. I don't have to be somebody that I'm not because he wants the real authentic me anyways because that's who he knows, you know? So a lot of times I hear the devil trying to convince me that I'm being somebody that I'm not and that because I'm being somebody that I'm not, it's not going to work out for me and, you know, somehow... It's all going to be in vain, all this labor in vain, hard work in vain. But the issue with that is, you know, it can never be in vain as long as I am valuing the real benefits of it. When I'm looking in the wrong direction and expecting the wrong kind of blessings or the wrong kind of benefit, then it's always going to be in vain because I'm not you know, actually in it for the right reasons. But when I'm actually looking down the right path and, you know, accepting the real benefits or at least trying to learn the right lesson, then it will never be in vain no matter what. Because as long as it's in his name, I'm blessed, you know. Blessed are they who suffer in the name of God. So I'm realizing that. But something that's just on my heart is, you know, the vision of him showing me, he said, I could not just take it off of her. She has to get this off of her. She has to fight this off of her. Because if I take this off of her, then she'll just run right back to doing whatever she was doing before, running right back to sin, as if 
it never happened. She will never have learned the lesson. She has to fight it off her so she knows what it takes. And she never goes back to doing whatever it was that she was doing before. And it makes absolute sense. It does make absolute sense. But the only issue with that is that it kind of negates, you know, the idea that this is not punishing. But I guess not really because when you think about it, it's like he's not saying it's punishment. He's saying that it's a lesson that needs to be learned. He's saying that you need to grow from this, learn from this, and never go back. He's saying that there's discipline that needs to be, you know, learned in the process. And I did ask for discipline. He's not necessarily saying it's punishment or consequences. But sometimes it gets so frustrating because it feels like different things contradict each other. You know, for me to have to take responsibility and say, it's my fault. I did this. It's all me. And then for the only way for me to realize and actually be able to fight this demon is to know who I am. You know, I understand it, but it's like, I think that it's important for me to express the un- like what I understand about it. So the thing is, yes, I'm wrong. I've sinned. I've done different things that are not, you know, that that are just not good. Like they don't look good and they're wrong. And of course, you know, I, I guess I deserve punishment for them or whatever God feels is necessary because he doesn't always punish you for your sin. Sometimes, you know, he just loves you because that's what you need. You need love. You don't always need punishment. That's This is why God is, you know, the judge, the perfect judge, because he knows when somebody needs love and when somebody needs punishment. So, Despite what the world feels like they know or how they want to deal with things. So, I just, the understanding is that, you know, though I did the things that I did and I was wrong, I know who I am. Deep inside, you know, a lot of times I'm just misunderstood and a lot of my actions aren't translated well. You know, I may have done things and yes, it was me. But it wasn't me. And the only way you can possibly, you know, explain that is like when you are going through different things, when you have gone through different things, when you have, you know, suffered through different tragedies in life, they influence your decisions in a negative manner. Sometimes they influence your decisions without you really being able to control it and control these different things. And so... Really, it's like, in reality, you, it's not you because you wanted to be seen. You wanted to be heard. You wanted God to hear you and see you somewhere where it felt like nobody heard you or seen you. And so you acted out and you did different things that weren't reflective of your real character or who you really are deep inside of your heart. That doesn't mean you weren't wrong for doing what you did. It just, you know, God sees who you really are when nobody else can see it. God sees who you really are when you can't even see it, you know. And the one thing that really touched my heart and really woke me up and, like, you know, softened my heart, for real, because my heart was hardened. And I think before this that I probably was, you know, almost 
like I was fighting so hard and doing everything that I could. But without this, I think that I probably was hopeless. And in terms of like truly transforming, like he did, he catapulted me into my transformation with just this encounter. And he just saw all he had to say was, I see you. He just showed up and he said, I see you. And I don't understand why that was so, you know, at first, I mean, looking back, I wonder, like, you know, I have to take responsibility for possibly doubting his existence then. Because why was it so, you know, powerful? Why did why did why did it have such such an effect on me just for him to say that I see you when, of course, every single day I'm praying to him every single day, I'm having conversations with him every single day. I am, you know, trying to be better for him and I'm doing everything that I can for God, even though I could be doing better. I could be this. I could be that, you know, I'm being what I can be, you know, and Is that not reflective of somebody who believes that this, like, that God is real, you know? Or, of course, am I trying to prove something to myself? Regardless of anything, I felt like, you know, I guess I didn't understand it. And God knows what's deep in your heart where nobody else knows or you. You know, I didn't understand that. When I was doing everything that I was doing, even though I was believing these things that was happening and I was believing these encounters. And it's amazing how you can believe them and still be shocked. So it's like you believe what you don't believe. And that's what it was. And for me to be dealing with that and going through that, you know, facing the different things that I faced, you know, it was just different when you know, God is saying that I see you because in that moment, what I felt was all I wanted you to do is see me. That's all I ever wanted was for you to see me. And I've been fighting so hard to be seen by you. It's amazing to me because before now, I probably would have been telling myself, of course he sees me. I know that he sees me. He's giving me peace. Like, an immovable peace that cannot be fabricated. And of course, that proves that he is real. I've never felt this way in my entire life, nor did I know that I needed that. So that proves that he sees me. And then, you know, he's giving me an assignment. And because of this assignment, you know, all these different things are are moving and shifting in the spirit right before my very eyes. Of course, that means that, you know, it's it's validation that he's real. It's validation that he sees me. You know, he is telling me different things about myself. He's showing me different things about myself. And all of this proves that God sees me. The feeling that I get in his presence when I pray every morning proves that he sees me, but doesn't really prove that he sees me because that just goes to show that deep inside my heart, I felt like, does God really see me? Does God really see me? And so for God to look past me, you know, I wasn't lying, necessarily lying, but I just wasn't possibly, I just couldn't probably identify that that's what it was that I was longing for in my heart. So 
for God to show up and say the one thing that, you know, proves is him. It's amazing because when he showed up in my presence, I was like, is that God? And, you know, God is like, and then I felt like this present. I felt like this thing, like, you know, is it God? I was like, of course it's God. I know it's God. I feel that that is God. That's God. That is God. I can feel like that's God. And then, you know, it's like still in my heart, I'm doubting. And that's what it's like, you know. As a Christian, I think, or just, I don't want to speak for other people's experiences, but when you don't truly accept Jesus Christ into your heart, that's what it's like. It's like you're praying to him and you are reading your Bible and you are trying to make the necessary changes to live a godly life. And you're experiencing that truth and you're experiencing these different moves from him. But still, you doubt whether he's real. You doubt whether he is here with you you doubt whether he sees you but when people ask and when you ask yourself is God real you're like of course he's real of course he's real but you're not admitting to yourself that deep inside your heart you're questioning his existence and so for God to show up and say you know I see you to say the one thing that acknowledges and truly proves that he is real and that is him and this is a real encounter with him like I just something inside me broke and I just I bawled crying and that's and honestly I want to say that you know God I feel like has been wanting proof of my transformation as well for me like a lot of times I feel that I'm being tested on a level where it's like are you going to still be this person you know, when other people are around, are you going to, you know, take me seriously? Because I know you and I know that, you know, you read to me, you read your Bible in secret. You, you, you abide in my presence in secret and you pray to me in secret. And it's not that you are necessarily ashamed of me. You'll tell people about who I am to you, but if it came down to everybody seeing, you know, how you are in my presence and who you are in my presence, would you be willing to be completely vulnerable in front of everybody for me? And I didn't realize I was like that because I felt like to myself, like, who are they? Like, I would straight up tell them, like, I love God. You know, God is doing this for me and God is doing that for me. And, you know, I just want to be better for him. I'm changing for God. God is changing me. But it's like, regardless of what you'll tell people, you still put on a certain, you know, shield. You still shield your heart. You still put up a certain guard. And you can't be as vulnerable as you are in his presence. And so, a lot of times, God is, or I noticed that God was requiring for me to get to hand that over. In order for a lot of my experiences to be what they were, I had to be more vulnerable. I had to be you know, 100% vulnerable as if it were just me and him in the whole world, even while everybody else was watching and hearing and seeing everything and nothing was going unnoticed. And, you know, it's also obviously preparing me for the position that he's placing me in because the position that I'm being placed in, I mean, I don't know how long it will last or if it's a forever thing, but I'm, you know being watched by everybody 
at all times. And so they're going to see everything. They're going to see everything. They're going to see my vulnerable moments. They're going to see my prayer time. They're going to be here for everything. And in order to prepare me for this position, he wants me to be able to put him first in front of everybody and have those vulnerable moments with him in front of everybody. And I didn't think that I was doing this, but I feel like when it's just me and him, I'm like loving on him and I, I, you know, I'm just different. But then when other people are there, you know, I'm like doing it in a way like, you know, I guess in a way like my pride is puffed up probably because I'm saying to myself, you know, don't you see that I'm praying to God? Don't you see what God is doing for me? Don't you see what this is like? Like, you know, in a way where you're kind of like, I don't know how to explain it, but it's like, look at me. This is what I'm doing. And it's like, I'm somehow still putting on a show because I can't just do it. You know, I know that you're here watching. So I'm like, you know, you see what it takes. You see what it's like with God. And it's like, (laughs) I don't have to narrate it. I just have to do it. So God was requiring it for me. And I realized right before, like, it, it was a process. It definitely is a process because when he said, I see you, you know, I knew that they were there. And so I almost even fought that encounter. You know, I almost didn't even cry as hard as I wanted to. And I think I still really didn't. I still kind of held it back a little bit, even though I was crying so hard because I knew that they were all there. And the thing was, all of them were laughing. They were all laughing at me. And I was like, you know, that's that's how I really realized that that encounter was so powerful because I knew that they were all laughing and I just still was like crying so hard for God because it was so real for me. It was so real for me. Like I did not care. But I still did. So I realized that God, it, it run deep. And God is dealing with different things inside of me that's like, you know, it runs so deep that, you know, the vulnerability that I know that I'm expecting for you to show, the vulnerability that I know that you hide so deep in your heart, even from yourself, you know, something that you need, something that that is going to be required in order for you to be who you are destined to be. Like, that's going to take a process to be pulled out. But I've always known it ever since I was a kid because I stopped crying. I stopped crying. Like, I just was like, what's the point in crying? Like, of course you cry. But it's like, I just stopped crying. And that's, I didn't, I felt like it was normal because I felt like it's worse for other people that I'm around. They don't cry at all. They'll never cry. They never let you see them cry. And, you know, they go through different things and they do different things, but I don't cry, you know. And I don't think, you know, I realized it and I knew how bad it was. 
But I just don't think that I possibly could have understand how really severe that is. Truly. Like, when you look at other people, not that you're supposed to compare yourself to other people's lives, but when you look at people whose hearts aren't hardened like that, who haven't had to go down that route or experience those different things, and they're able to cry, and you look at them like something's wrong with them. And crying is a human emotion. And, you know, Jesus will cry to me all the time. But I felt like that's Jesus. That's normal for Jesus to be crying. He knows everything. He feels everything that we feel 10 times more. So if he's crying, that makes sense. He's Jesus. But for people to be crying, it felt different. It felt like you're too sensitive in this world. Like you're not going to survive. You're not going to be able to survive. And that is a toxic teaching. You know, God was showing me that I didn't have to put up a guard that I can be vulnerable. And he was easing me into it because at first it was more like a, you don't have to put up this guard and it can, you know, you can start practicing being more vulnerable, even in public. And I would go in public and I would practice it and it looked more like, you know, when I'm vulnerable, people sometimes try me and I have to fight that urge to harden my heart and, and want to prove or show them like I'm not the one. And like it's whatever, you know, I'll have to match your energy. If you if you are, you know, if you are on something like that then I just have to match your energy because I can't just let you feel like you just can do me like that. And that was so, that's like, you don't understand how deep of a, how deep that really goes. Cause that's from a child, like being trained up like that. Like you can't show weakness because people are going to take advantage of it. And so that's where the not crying comes from. When you're crying, people feel like, oh, you're weak. People feel like, oh, you can be tried. People feel like, you know, you're an easy lick. Pretty much like you're easy, you're easy tardy. You're crying, okay, well, I'm going to pick on you because I can get away with it. You're not going to do anything about it. Or you're already showing me that you're weak. Well, Jesus was saying that that had to go. And I was just... You know, saying, how is that even possible in this world? Let's rule out everything I was taught and everything I've experienced that proved that that's true over the years. The environment that I that I live in, the people that I live around, would never allow that to happen. They never allow me to be that vulnerable. But I said, I want that, though. That's real freedom. To be able to be that vulnerable with God. And in my life, despite what people are doing around me, that's the real freedom. Because that's what I've been chained to since a child. I didn't want to have to do that. I didn't want to have to live like that. I feel like I had no choice. So, I 
I see that he eased me into it, but it, it, it became re- way more difficult or not as difficult because, like I said, he eased me into it. But it became more difficult when, you know, different people around me. It became more difficult when different people around me, you know, it was so many different people around me watching me and and seeing these vulnerable parts of me. And, you know, I'm dealing with their reactions and I cannot hide anything. And it's like, this is, this is the, you know, this is, it's the, it's the time to choose. This is your time to choose. Either you're going to be all in with God or you're going to be all out. And I had to be all in because he doesn't want somebody who's partially, who's only partially going to do the work, who's only partially going to submit themselves over to him, who's only partially going to accept him because he loves you anyways, but he wants all of you. He wants you to submit all of you over so the discipline that I was asking for, I was very actually very excited to get, but I could have never, I mean, at the time I knew that that would be something very difficult for me and I could have never been prepared for all that it would take in order to truly be disciplined. I mean, I had it growing up all the way up to a certain age because of my dad, but Still, you know, somewhere in that, you know, down the line, it was lost. And I realized that, and that's why I turned to God because I knew that it's needed for me to survive. You know, being a girl, it's not normal for you to not feel like you're going to make it to the age 18 or make it to the age 21. Or make it to the age 25. It's not normal. Especially when, you know, you see that there's so many worse situations or worse places for you to be. And you're not necessarily that bad. You don't feel like you're that bad. But you still don't see yourself making it to these ages. You don't see yourself making it to age 18. You don't see yourself making it to age 21. You don't see yourself making it to age 25. You genuinely don't see yourself leading a life with a husband and kids because you don't feel like you're going to make it. You don't feel like you're going to survive. And you're not always thinking that it's going to be from just yourself. Like, you really, you know, you really, you really seriously considering, like, something happened to you out in this world. And it's not far-fetched from where I come from, honestly, but I don't even want to make it about where I come from. It's just not far-fetched, period. With the mentality that I had and the way that I came up, it's just not far-fetched. So, when I came to God for discipline, I didn't, when I came to God, period, it's not that I was saying, like, I desperately need to survive. Or, I desperately need to make it into heaven. Or, you know... It's not that I was actually choosing God because 
I was somehow, you know, trying to subside this feeling of not making it past these ages. I think that somehow deep inside of me, I almost was okay with that. Like I had almost accepted that for myself, whether I was going to hell or whether I would die before a certain age. I had accepted that for myself in my heart and in my mind. When I went to God, I went to God strictly for truth and just because of who he is. I wanted I wanted a meaningful life. I wanted meaning in my life. I wanted to know, you know, the truth. I just had a thirst for the truth and a thirst for knowledge. So when God told me that I was going to hell, I was like, I know that. I know I deserve hell. I knew that, even though I wasn't super horrible. I knew that. I was way worse than I thought, and I knew that. But, you know, he never told me, well, you possibly have opportunity not to go to hell. He just told me, like, you know you're going to hell. Or otherwise would be. And I'm just like, I know. And it's just, I think in that moment, it was more of a him being, you know, who he is. And, you know, wanting me to acknowledge the fact that just because you are coming to cry on my feet and you're starting to pray now after all that you've done does not mean that you're automatically going to be saved from hell. And that's um, that's him, you know, making it clear. Like, he does not, he does not accept that mindset. If you think I'm a Christian because I don't want to go to hell, or I'm a I'm a Christian because I want blessings, he does not, he does not tolerate that. He's intolerant to that. You come seeking God, you need to seek Him for who He is. You have to love him for who he is. And if you do not, if you're not doing that, then you don't know him at all. And if you only pray to God for blessings or you only call on him when you want him to save you, you know, the thing is God is here with all of us. You don't, not even the worst person in this world that even, that is doing the worst things understands what it's like to live in a godless world. He's here for all of us, truly. The only time you ever understand what it's like to live in a godless world is when you actually make it to hell. So, praying and thinking, well, at least I'm praying, is not the mindset that God, you know, tolerates. He does not tolerate that. And I'm just seeing a different side of God now where I'm realizing, like, The things that I feel like are so harsh, it's like I have to accept that this is who God is and I probably deserve way worse. This is what mercy and grace looks like. So when I am going through the different emotions every day and I'm wondering like, God, why? Why are you letting me? Why are you taking me through this? Why are you allowing this to happen to me? Why this? Why that? And God is saying, you know, you should be thanking me. You need to thank me or he won't respond until I do. You know, I'm I'm starting to understand that a little better now. I'm starting to understand that more and more every day. That like, 
I should be thanking him, not because, oh, it's a hidden blessing in it, which it is. Or not because, you know, things might even get better today. Might not. It might be this, be this way forever. It might not ever get better. Or it might require, you know, th- you know, who knows what sacrifice in order for things to really change. Who knows? But I, sh- and I, I should be thanking him. Because I deserve so much worse, despite what I'm going through. Like, it feels like things have gotten horrible for me. But in reality, they were horrible when I didn't feel like things were happening. When I didn't, when none of this was happening, when I felt like things were, they were never fine, but they weren't, I wasn't aware that they were as bad as they are or were, you know, I was worse off. So it's difficult for me, but I'm doing everything that I can to become more humble because the vision I saw my future I think that that was something that was so prominent about my, about who I was, who God had made me to be. I was extremely humble. And I don't think, even still now, that I truly understand, you know, I don't want to say what it takes. I probably understand what it takes. But just what that truly consists of. Because I can still sometimes be judgmental to people when I say they're not getting what they deserve. They need to stand up for themselves. Why are they allowing themselves to be treated in this way? Or when I feel like it's not, things are not fair, you know, when I feel like There's double standards and that women deserve more rights and that we get judged on a different level and it's not fair. We have to be way more modest, way more quiet, you know, way more obedient. And I'm still upset at these things. They're still triggering me. I'm not truly as humble as I should be. But I don't know. I just know that obviously the pro- it, it's still work to be done. And it's just the process of that. I'm being transformed. That's all I can really, you know, thank God for. But I just... <sighs> Some days are harder than others. Accepting accepting this but I do see the work being done I see the growth and you know I think another blessing one of the biggest blessings and a lot of these blessings are going to be things that other people weren't aren't necessarily going to maybe even acknowledge or notice or appreciate you know like you should you know but I don't want to make that assumption but uh, one of the biggest blessings I think out of this and one of the biggest gifts that he's given me is allowing me to see this progress. 
allowing me to witness the transformation and, you know, just see the difference. You know, I've always wanted that. My whole life, I'm like, you know, even after he showed me the vision of my transformation, I'm like, but God, will I see it? Will I notice it? Like, will it be like life just passed me by, years went by, and yes, I did the work, and yes, things happened, but over time, you know, just like when you lose weight, because you got to look at your body every day, you don't kind of see the weight off. You don't see the weight dropping off you like that. But when you're skinny, you notice the difference. By the time you're skinny, you notice the difference. But I wanted to see it. I wanted to be able to see it like other people see it. Like when you're losing weight and other people see it, see it every single, you know, every time you see them, they're like, wow, you're getting smaller. Wow, that's working for you. Whatever you're doing, that's working for you. But you can't see it. You don't see it like that. I wanted to see my progress. I wanted to see the transformation. And I think that's probably the biggest blessing he's given me. Allowing me to see it. Like I see it. Like. I actually have the ability to access, you know, the vision and seeing the progress being made step by step by step by step. It's like he's right here with me, walking me through it. And that's so much courtesy. And I can never thank him enough for that. I really can never thank God enough for that courtesy of him walking me through this like this and just being like my tutor and like helping me and guiding me and being considerate of that, you know, me really, really, really wanting that, you know, I might be suffering in the process. I might be going through the most heinous things and I might be like a lot of times even questioning death or failure, but at least I can see the progress. I can see the transformation. I didn't want to just wake up one day, 10 years later and like, wow, you know, Things are really different. No, I wanted to see the progress every step of the way. It feels so, like, I feel so blessed about that. Like, I'm I'm just happy about that part, for real. It might be the biggest, greatest gift he's given me. It really might be, even though a lot of times I am also cursed by it because, you know, if you can see the progress every step of the way, you also see how much you are, you know, not doing. Or how much more you could be doing. Or how much better you could be doing. And it kind of tortures you. And might sometimes make it long. Longer. But like I said, you know. I wanted to see this. I wanted to see the progress. And like, I don't think. I think one of the biggest milestones in my entire journey. Excuse me. I think one of the biggest milestones in my entire journey. Was. You know. One day, just like feeling like I was just like, I don't know, dying, but realizing that this time, how I'm dealing with it, I'm not running away from it as much. I'm not complaining as much. I'm more walking into it. And accepting it. And I'm seeing the transformation. And it's like, wow. Like, it's not even that so much more happened that day. It Something did happen that day. But it's not even that so much more happened that day that wasn't happening every day. It's just that I was seeing it. And I'm noticing that I'm seeing it. God is right here walking me through it, being super courteous. And he doesn't have to do that. 
he does not have to do that because you like you have to understand like my spirit is willing when my flesh is weak so God you know I just sometimes I wonder like I know God is very patient he's very kind he's very loving caring compassionate and considerate but you know I know that I can be frustrating I know that I can get frustrating. You know, obviously we get frustrating as, you know, this as disobedient and as as much as we doubt him when he knows what he's doing and we should just be trusting him, stepping out on faith and sure of him as he is sure of himself. Because it's not like he has to prove anything to us anyways. So just him walking me through that and being courteous enough to be like, you know, I care because you care. It's not that I... I'm not walking through this and giving you this because I need you to believe in this. I'm not walking through this and giving you this because without your consent or acknowledgement of everything that I'm doing in your life, I'm not going to be able to do it. No, he can still do it with or without that. He's being courteous enough to give me that. And I think that's the biggest blessing. So I love him so much for it. I appreciate him so much for this. I really do. Like, that's that's like a that's the that's always a gift no matter what day I'm having it really is like always a gift when I consider that like but wait God is warning me he has told me my whole life about this it might be the most horrible thing I've ever gone through but at least he you know at least he he schooled me first he told me what was up he's walking me through this he's there every step of the way he's courteous and I'm such a complainer. I can get very frustrating and all these other things, even though there's so many great qualities about me, these things can be frustrating. And he's being so patient and so understanding with me. And I just think that that's such a blessing because I think maybe it has a lot to do with me realizing that that's a quality I love to have. And I maybe still lack sort of in a way. Because as much as I want that and love that about God and love that he's given me that, obviously that's reflective of a quality that I myself, you know, either possess or would want to possess in a proper manner. You know, because I feel that it, it matters, you know, growing up that I guess that's how I'm, you know, I'm, I'm almost trained up in that way where I feel like, you know, it's it feels so much better. Like you might have to go through whatever and you might have to suffer through whatever but it feels so much better when you have somebody there that's just helping you guiding you teaching you you know and helping you to understand what you're going through so in doing it in a way where they're considerate of your feelings and how you are you know dealing with things and and How you feel. But. I'm just. I'm glad. I'm glad for it. And it's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult. For. You know, maybe, I don't know how long, who knows, it may be difficult, 
but I can appreciate or, you know, I have, I'm blessed to be able to have an opportunity, you know, to appreciate the things that really matter. The lessons being, the lessons learned, the things being taught, like, the transformation inside of myself that has nothing to do with appearance or vain things. Like, and even you, you might feel like even the most, you know, sometimes it's so, it's, it's not even as obvious how vain certain things can be in our so it's difficult, you know, getting to the root of the real meaningful things, the real meaningful lessons, but appreciating those and appreciating being able to see what that is. God giving you the sight to see. So not living in ignorance anymore. God said, my people perish because of lack of knowledge. So those are the two scriptures I'm going to link. When my spirit is willing, my flesh is weak and my people perish because of lack of knowledge. Because I really feel like these these are scriptures that are getting me through lately. Like, they're just helping me to understand and appreciate what he's doing in my life so much more. And I think appreciation has a lot to do and is contributing a lot to getting through what I'm going through. Okay. So, <clears throat> like... I know that this goes way deep, really deep, and this is why it's been very difficult for me to deal with this entire situation because on the surface, when I'm seeing, you know, what it looks like and what it seems like it's about. It's so distracting, but it's not even that it's distracting for me. It's really not even distracting for me. It's just that, you know, I'm in such a battle for my life that as soon as I even entertain something, uh, even in the slightest, you know, they are, I think, so intimidated and so afraid of me, you know, spending more time and and figuring out and fighting for what it's really about that they try and make it seem as if it's about the vain things for me or the the surface things, the things that do not matter. And the issue is that, you know, I know that they know that I know it's not about those things. So... What they're doing is, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure that out because it's like, I know that they know what it's really about. I know how they really act when it's behind closed doors, when it's not to the public. So they put on this show to the public and then behind closed doors, they're this other way. And what happens is behind closed doors, I have to deal with obsession and, you know, Control, abuse, you know, narcissism, all these different issues that people are dealing with really inside, deep inside of themselves or not dealing with deep inside of themselves. I have to deal with that. 
And then I'm trying to heal from my on my own. So I don't really have, you know, I don't feel like I have the power. I don't have the energy to deal with other people's issues. But it's like I don't have a choice because in my process of healing, when I'm trying to deal with what's really going on and deal with the real and the truth of the situation and not get caught up in the world and what it looks like and all this other stuff that pulls you away from God and pulls you out of your faith and pulls you out of the truth, like the lies, you know? When I'm running towards the truth, like the lies always try to swarm me up. Like they always try and suffocate me away from the truth. And it really like... (laughs) thing it's devastating it's so devastating it's frustrating it's everything like it really drives me crazy because I don't want to live your lie I don't want to live a lie I don't care what you say when you're lying I don't care I don't care about none of that I just want the truth I just want to fight towards the truth so it just feels so unfair that there's so many different people in my way there's so many different people in my way to keep me from that. Like, I don't understand it. Like, I get it. You don't want to live your truth. Okay, I'm not going to bother your truth. I don't have to bother your truth. You know, unless, of course, you know, your lies or your truth has somehow made its way over here to my truth. And me, in order for me to access my truth, I have to expose yours. Absolutely. I'll do everything that I possibly can to keep you out of it and leave you out of it. Mostly. But... What you're not going to do is keep me from my truth because you don't want to expose your truth. You should have never even came in my life. You should have never even invited yourself into my personal life, into, you know, this personal spiritual battle that I'm going through, you know. But I see I think that God does everything for a reason. So maybe you've been living this life for too long and you are caged. You are, you know. You feel extremely bitter, miserable, and unhappy with your life and the lies that you have to live and the truth that you wish that you could live and be free in. Like, you just want to flourish in your truth and be free. And you can't because you feel caged by this world, and so do I. But I never intended on, on the path to finding my truth and getting freedom from my truth, having to fight for yours, too. I never really intended that or never thought that that would be the case because I didn't feel like anybody else wanted to deal with that and I didn't feel like it was my place to force anybody to and I would never overstep boundaries where it's like you can't deal with this or dealing with this is really like you know tearing your life apart or doing something in you that is like seemingly worse than death whatever I don't know how you feel about it but I just know that I'd rather die then not live my truth. And if God placed you in my path because he wants to expose your truth on the way, in the process, you know, well, then that's just going to have to happen because I've contemplated so many different times. Okay, because you don't want to live in your truth, I guess I was just not living mine. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I'm sorry. I don't care. I don't care. You're just going to have to kill me then or you're just going to have to die. Whatever have to happen. Whatever is, you know, part of the process because you will not keep me from my truth. Like, I don't know why it's like set up like this, that my truth is entangled in yours in some sort of way, shape or form. 
I just know that, you know, it's extremely unfair for me to have to continue to shrink myself or not be able to be who I want to be in my life and accomplish the things I want to accomplish in my life because everybody else around me chooses to be who they want to be and somehow they want to control my life and my narrative along with their own. No, you don't have control over my life. You don't have control over the direction it's going and you don't have a control over, you know, where I land. I have control over that. No, God has control over that. But after God, it's definitely not you. It's me. So it's the biggest issue I feel like I'm dealing with right now. It's like people are so angry with me and they hate me because I'm fighting for the truth and I'm exposing the truth instead of, you know, going along with their lie. They're like, shh, just go along with it. No, no, no. Don't say anything. It's okay. It's okay. Just pretend like, no, no, none of that. None of that. None of that. Shh. None of that. Pretend like nothing. No, get out of my face. Bye. You want to go lie? Lie over there. I'm telling my truth over here. You don't want to rock with me? Don't rock with me. I have to fight you too. Okay, I have to fight you too. But don't be over here trying to shush me. Live your lie happily. I mean, unhappily over there. You're not about to suffocate my happiness for the rest of my life like you've done in your own life. And now I have to suffer probably more because... I'm not only suffering because I allow somebody to snatch away my happiness. I'm suffering because now I realize that you're so unhappy that you are able to snatch away my happiness. And I feel so guilty for you that I allowed that to happen. So I'm not even just suffering about my happiness. I'm suffering about yours. No. And that's going to happen either way it go. So if it got to happen one way or another, I guess I can eliminate the fact that my happiness won't be suffocated for me. If it just got to be yours and the guilt of, you know, having to expose your truth in the process and feeling bad for, you know, the lie that you thought that you was going to live under forever, then it's just going to have to be that. And it's just going to have to be whatever pain and suffering I have to go through in the process, whatever it is, you know, whatever war it takes. Because no, no. And everybody is just so comfortable with going back to how it was. It's okay. Let's just, it's all right. Like, just let it go. Why you keep fighting this? Just let it go back to how it was. Just, you know, just pretend like it never happened. No, it did happen. It did happen. So, no, I'm not going to pretend like it never happened. If I was, you know, matter of fact, it should have just never happened then. You should have just never showed up. You should have just never did what you did. You should never assume I was like you. That I was going to run from my truth and that I was going to sit up here and, you know, be okay with that. You should never assume that was the kind of person I was. Don't ever assume I'm that kind of person. Don't ever assume anybody outside of yourself is that kind of person. You deserve that. You deserve to be exposed. Period. Because I don't even think you assumed it. I think you just so miserable you wanted it. And no, you were not about to pressure me into that. I deserve freedom. I deserve truth. I deserve... I deserve real love in my life. And the only real love I'm going to get is from God himself. So I would never sacrifice, you know, living in my truth, coming into my destiny and my purpose and who I'm destined to be for anybody else. Sorry, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. And if that person would, you know, make me look stupid or not stand by my side and not defend me and not you know, be a hundred about themselves and stand up in their truth along with me, 
then you're not for me. I don't need you. I understand it's hard. It's tough. It's scary. It's like you have all these different things at stake. Who knows what you have at stake? Like probably family, friends, lifestyle, career, money, finances. Your whole everything is probably at stake. Okay, well, that's the price you pay when you live a lie. You know, you have to stay miserable and do go to such great lengths to continue to live in that lie. Instead of doing the work to come out of it and live in your truth. And guess what? All the work that you do can never protect you from the lie being exposed one day anyways. So you really just suffering for nothing. You never you never get free. And when it's exposed anyways, it seems like. How unfair all you've done, all you've gone through in order to stay and live behind that life forever. And you still couldn't. I don't have time. I don't want that fate. I don't want that fate. I don't want the fate of, you know, I had the option to, you know, start living in the light. I had the option to come out of the darkness and start looking and searching and living in truth. I had the option to do the work. And I chose to continue to hide behind this lie. I chose to get comfortable behind it. And I chose to sit in the darkness. And I chose to, you know, be afraid. Like, no bravery, no courage. I chose to have fear. And because of it, you know, I'm suffering every single day way more. Way more than I ever would if I just expose, you know, allow myself to expose my truth. It is what it is. And, you know... I keep trying to convince myself it's worth it, but, you know, it just makes me more bitter and more miserable every day. I don't want that. I don't want that fate. And then, you know, when you least expect it after all you've done, I'm talking about running crazy, you know, killing, murder, you know, dragging people down, going to just doing more and more, going to greater and greater lengths to somehow protect this lie. You still get exposed anyways. You still get exposed anyways because that's just how God intended it. You don't get to do that. Everything that's done in the dark comes to light. You don't get away with anything forever. I don't care how, how much great lengths you go to. You will be exposed. You will have to face facts. So I think that's what this is, you know, a lot of times it is, you know, intimidating because it's like, has God really chosen me to be the vessel to expose all of these lies? It seems that he has, but it feels like it's so much pressure because now it's all this pressure on me to constantly continue having to fight these different individuals who still won't come out from underneath their lives, who still feel like it's some sort of chance in saving, you know, and protecting this false narrative like they're doing everything in their power to somehow be like okay but there's still a chance for us to you know make it look like it's something else or make you know no no and I have to continuously fight these individuals and I have to continuously fight you because you still think it's a chance and I want to come into my truth I don't want it to be one you don't have to push all these different narratives and ideas and clues and you still not getting it it's still not clicking you. What's not clicking is that you did it all the way up into this point. You did all that what you were doing. You, you, that's the way you decided to do things up into this point. That's not working anymore. 
it's that's over with. But I see that we have yet to get to that point where it's like finally everybody's like not trying to hear it anymore. They're not even trying to hear the ideas. They don't even want to participate in continuing to try and hide it. They just like whatever. It's over with. It's done. It's blown to pieces. There's no way to to save this. So we haven't gotten there yet, so I'm still fighting. But I hate the pressure to have to keep t- continue to fight this way. It's not fair. I have to take all the hits and all the blows. And when I'm exposing the truth, you know, everybody makes me look like I'm either crazy or like I did everything or I have to be abused and I have to take all the hits for what is being done or how people react to the truth. I have to take all the hits for that. But you know, it feels like I'm almost not even getting anywhere. It feels so unfair. It feels so unfair. But, you know, God does everything for a reason. I Sometimes I wonder and I, I hate that, you know, it feels like, God, why do you always have to have a sacrificial lamb? Why does somebody always have to take the hits for everybody else? Why does somebody always have to suffer in place for everybody who does not want to come out and be who they're destined to be? Why do you have to do things like that? Why couldn't you just, you know, why why couldn't once in, you know, history, one person just, you know, be able to be exalted without all the pain, the suffering and the brutalizing of the world? Why couldn't it be done like that? You have the power to do anything. Why do you do things like this? But I don't question why he's doing these things because, well, I do question them, but I'm trying my best to understand and be patient because I know that one day it will make sense. Even though it feels like, can can you finally just do that for once, just for once? One person does not have to, the person that's chosen does not have to be the sacrificial lamb. They don't have to suffer in place for everybody else. They don't have to be persecuted. They just get a happily ever after. Can that happen just one time? And it's like, no. You know, because the Bible says, even in Job, that both are beautiful and both are necessary in this life. And who am I to disagree with God's perfect judgment? But the issue is, you know, it feels like if anything and everything is possible, then can you prove that that is possible too? That things can happen this way? Somebody can have a wonderful, you know, perfect story and they don't have to suffer They don't have to be brutalized and everything has to be snatched away from them. And Satan just comes and destroys their life and they're tortured for however long in order to get that. Why? Why? Why can that never happen? I always ask God that. Does it, can it ever even exist? And even if I got that right now, it still wouldn't exist because I still had to go through all of this to get that. Can it exist at least once in this lifetime? So it feels so unfair. And I think that's probably the biggest bone I've ever had to pick with God my whole life. If there's somebody out there who it, that can exist with a perfect life, which I don't know if I believe that's even possible. Why? You know, why either can't they or why? You know, couldn't it? What did I not have that it couldn't have been me? What what standards are you judging by that determines that somebody deserves a perfect life in that manner? Or deserves for everything to be well. Their whole life. No issues. Perfectly done. And that's that's what you decided to give them. Why? But the thing is. 
you know, I'm still not upset at God. I mean, yeah, I might be frustrated about certain things like that, but I'm just not upset at God. I'm not upset at God because, you know, I still love him. I still love his perfect way. I still choose him. I still want it to be him. I still know who he is. So I'm not upset with him. But it's just I still have these questions and it frustrates me and I just don't understand it. And everybody's going to be who they decide to be, you know. Free will and choice. I'm tired of that narrative. Oh, that's why. Because everybody is free will and it's choice. And because of sin, I don't care. I'm tired of that. I'm really tired of hearing about that. I really am. So, you know, the thing is, maybe this is the path to that, you know, happening in the future for somebody, even if it couldn't have happened for me. And maybe it takes somebody who's willing to be the last person who ever had to go through something like that in order for somebody else to have that future, for that to come to pass. Because the Bible says in Revelations that there's going to be a new heaven and new earth. And things will be in perfect bliss forever, no more evil forever, for the rest of eternity. And so I do feel that this is what that is. I do feel like this is on the path of that. But why would it all be dependent on an imperfect human being like me? If it's going to happen, it should happen. I shouldn't feel so guilty or so responsible. It shouldn't be so much stress on me. Feeling like, oh, if I don't do this, if I don't do that, everybody else, nobody else has a chance or whatever. Shouldn't I only be responsible for for my chance? Jesus already died on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. We already have a savior. So I'm not anybody's savior. This frustrates me so much, but maybe in reality, what God wanted me to see the whole time and the reason why it's been so difficult is to, you know, take responsibility for yourself. And, you know, even though the Bible teaches to love your brother, consider them and do all these other things for your brother, In reality, you know, be happy because the devil really just wants to steal your joy. And as long as he's doing that, honestly, that's the biggest, worst thing he can do in your life. So move forward and do what makes you happy. And yes, seek God and love God, but be free. Be free of the responsibility of other people's sin and other people's lives. But I can't call that and I don't really feel that because it's like when you're called and God gives you a higher purpose, then you're condemned for not taking responsibility for that. You can actually go to hell for deciding that you're only going to live for you. So. I don't know, I think maybe everybody goes through this phase in their life, there was this one person There was this YouTuber who got on YouTube and she said at one point in her life, she used to have a journal and she used to call Jesus her boyfriend. And she was such a Jesus freak and she was so, you know, caught up in God. And it was like such a phase in her life. But now that she's older, married with children, she looks back on that phase in her life and she's like laughing at herself. Like, what was I thinking? What was I doing? 
And I took I took that to the heart. I felt like I was need I was destined to see that video because I felt like that's what I'm doing right now. But it don't feel like I'll ever get over this. It don't feel like I'll ever not be thinking in this manner. I'll ever not feel this way. Like I feel like I'm in a relationship with Jesus, and you know all this sin in this world. I need to condemn. I need to convict. I need to, you know. Be the highest form of myself and fight hard to be bigger and be greater and take responsibility for others and, and love and not judge and all this other stuff. And it's like maybe I'm taking it too seriously, but I'm really not taking it too seriously because the more serious I take it, the more these demons and devils expose themselves. But see what I mean? Talking like that and feeling like that and like taking like that be it being on that level is what I'm questioning is it necessary but of course it is it's necessary because I feel that it's necessary it's necessary because I feel that God has exposed this to me I know why I'm doing these things if I were doing it in order to prove it to somebody else then it will probably seem like maybe it's unnecessary but I'm doing it because I truly believe this so yes it is so maybe one day in my future, I will have gone a different a route. But I question. I said, so did the devil get her, or did was that just a necessary part of everybody's life? Is that just a necessary phase in everybody's life where you go through this phase where you are really holy, holy and self righteous, etc. And then you get over it. You grow. You learn that it's not that serious. You know, to relax and just be yourself and just go with the flow of life because you can't really control these things is it a necessary phase in everybody's life or did she fail god and i don't want to say that she failed god i don't believe that she did you know how could i ever say anybody failed god you can't fail god you know but if that is the truth then why does it feel like this mission my purpose and my destiny was all necessary as well you know because i could have failed at ever even getting to this point or this understanding would it have been a failure then would i have it doesn't it frustrates me so bad it makes me so mad sometimes but you know maybe that's what god wants me to see you know whatever idea or perspective I decide on and land on that works for me is what it is. It's who I am. It's what's meant to be. It's what's meant to be. Whether I, you know, go the route of down darkness, down a dark path, believing that the devil got me and I fail my mission and that just, you know, and that somehow, you know, ventures off into all these different things or I just come to an understanding with myself and finally calm down and say you know it is what it is I guess I'll just like maybe if I feel like I'm settling or maybe if I feel like you know it's not settling it's just you know understanding that you can't do everything I don't know but either way it feels so unfair and I get what it is I've been fighting so hard for it feels very unfair. So if I do not get it, I don't know how I'm going to deal with it. I cannot call it. I've said I'll deal with this so many different ways, and I've fought past that. And now I'm just at this point where it's like, who knows how it's going to happen? I really, I really cannot call it, even though it feels like other people know my future. Regardless, you know, I'm still going to be proud of my journey. I'm still going to be proud of God. 
You know, I want to say proud of my journey. I can't even call that. I'm just going to say I'm still going to be proud of God in my life. For sure that. You know, I don't want to let him go in the process. If I ever let him go, I know that's the biggest mistake I've ever made. And there's no explaining that off in any way. So that's how I look at the, you know, falling off from understanding who God is and everything he's shown you, the level he's brought you to. You know, but I just don't judge other people's journeys because, as I said, I I still have so much to learn. And it seems like people who are further along in their years but have been, you know, in this relationship with God for years have, you know, come to that same conclusion. Everybody can be crazy. Everybody can be wrong. It might just be a phase of my life and a lesson I need to learn. So I don't know. But still, in the process, why does it feel like even still, you know, you have to be who you are. And even the people who you feel like have it all figured out sometimes are very amazed by what you figure out. You still have to be who you are and be and pave the way because you just don't know how much of a difference God can make in your life in particular. Despite how much good advice or how many, how much has worked out for so many different people before you, God may be calling you to a different path. That's what you're here for. And you might be able to blow minds in the process. So you still have to be who you know you have to be despite what other people's, you know, opinions and advice is. And I'm coming to that conclusion, but I'm 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 doing my best. I'm just doing my best because as I said, I don't want to fail God. And the idea is that you can't. But if you really can't, then what is the point of trying to begin with? So I don't know. I just know that I don't want to fall so hard. And I feel like I'm not going to be caught because I should have stayed on the path that I was on. And that's just like my consequences for not staying on the path that I was on. There's nobody. I feel like there's nobody around me who really even cares about me genuinely. So it's not like they're going to catch me. And then if God doesn't catch me because he wants that to happen, then I'm just going to be like in a very, very, very low, bad place. Worse than, you know, the play, the reason why I even got up in the first place. I don't know. But I just know, you know, when I want to give up, this, everything is going on in my life, you know, they, they're not here. Everybody who's trying to stop me, everybody who hates me, everybody who's trying to tear me down, make me feel worthless. They're not here telling me that anymore when I want to give up, when I have given up. But when I don't give up, they're here. And that's supposed to be a good thing. So I don't know. Obviously, I have more so much to learn. And it's it's so interesting how, you know. When you're growing and you have a growing mind and you're naive, you can never see what people are talking about when they're saying you have so much more to learn. You'll see. You can never understand it until you actually grow and learn. Then you're like, oh, okay. I see what you meant. Okay, I get it now. All right, I see that. But it's like, 
why can't you ever see it when you're in that place? Right now, I'm fighting so hard to try and figure it out from different perspectives. It's because it's not time for me to figure it out, right? All right, so it's time for me to just stress about it then. Because I can't not just let it go. When I let it go, I feel like I'm not growing. And then when I'm trying to focus on it and figure it out, I feel like I'm overstressing myself and doing what cannot be done right now. It just has to take time. It has to take the time it has to take. But is it necessary for me to stress and go through all these emotions in order to get there? I don't know. And then there's always the idea that somebody probably has come through this this entire experience or been in the same exact place and they probably did it better than you or they didn't stress as much or they didn't even face all the issues that you are facing because they didn't inflict them on themselves. So it's actually a way for you to avoid this, but you're not figuring it out. And that's most I think that's very frustrating. But, you know, you can't be the best But I don't think it's about being the best, but more about, you know, being better and doing everything that you can to be the best you. Because you might not be the best at it all. You don't have to compare to everybody else, but just being the best you. So I think a lot of times I take away from everything that I have done. But the thing is, this exact mindset and drive is what's gotten all that done. So am I supposed to scrap that now? And will it still get done without it? I don't know. We'll see, though. Okay, so it's really not like I need confirmation on this. But I'm just going to still talk about this anyways. Um, I've been battling this thing in my mind and my heart that if I... If I know that, you know, like there's, there's this always this temptation and this like feeling of wanting to go out there and get my money and just like become somebody, you know, prove all these people wrong. Everything they got to say, just prove them wrong and show them that I can show up if I really wanted to. That the reason why I'm doing things is because I have a reason for why I'm doing things. But the reason I don't do things like that is because I realize that if I go out and I go do everything to prove them wrong, I would just be proving them right. That the whole time that I was doing these things, that what they were saying was getting to me and that their opinion does matter and that I'm not driven by a dream and confidence in God on where I will go. Where I, where I will and can go in life. And so I had to let go of my dream, which meant so much more to me than what they had to say about me that whole time, in order to go and get a job and get some money in order to prove them, prove to them that they are, you know, wrong. And either way, it's not a win-win situation. It's a lose-lose situation. Because if I go try and prove them wrong, I'll only be proving them right. But when I stay here and chase after this dream and fight for it I'm always going to have the doubts in my mind anyways otherwise it wouldn't matter what they're saying at all so it never it's never really true when you say it doesn't matter what people say I don't care what people think the thing is like I feel like that's I don't ever want to say never about anything because that can be true you could genuinely not care what people think at all 
and that be a fact, but it does get to you. It does affect you. You know, in my particular circumstances, like, I don't think I necessarily care what they think unless, of course, I have to hear it. Unless, of course, I'm forced to be around these individuals who are, you know, pushing their, you know, ideas of how things should go or, you know, just their judgment off on me and making me feel like I'm not good enough or, you know, crowding into my personal space and, you know, discouraging me from my dream, getting in the way, standing in the way of that, telling me what I can and cannot do. It's affecting me because it's not that I really believe you, but it's just like, you know, how come it feels like I cannot find a way around you? Or if I'm doing everything that I can to find a way around you, it's still draining and affecting me what you do and how you do it. And I don't understand and I cannot call it. All I can say is that in the process of fighting, it's not even that I believe you. It's just that you are still here and you're still talking and you are always, you know, always with your opinions to the point where it's not even that I believe it. It's just that I, you know, you hear it so much and it just starts to drain you. So I noticed that, you know, this is one of the biggest things like throughout when I had the biggest encounter with Jesus thus far, you know, probably. But when I had this encounter with Jesus, you know, the demon was like, you know, yes, finally you bow to me. Finally, I get to see you bow to me. It feels so good to have you bowing to me. Like I would never bow to them and that I had so much power and that they could never touch that power as long as I never bowed to them. But the whole time that I was under so much torture and torment, they had me believing that I'd already had bowed to them and that you know, it didn't matter. They didn't need anything from me. They don't need any power from me. And that, you know, I don't have any real power. That's what they had was convincing me the entire time. And I never believed it. And I fought them on it. And it took me fighting them on it. But it really doesn't take you fighting on fighting them on it as long as you know what it is. But the issue with that and the most frustrating part about it is like, why I was so shocked to hear them say it and why it felt like it became true when they said it because obviously I knew that the whole time. It wasn't that I did not know it. It was just that the pressure and the, you know, the negative energy that was being pushed and forced on me and how they were trying to beat this into my head and get me to believe it even though I knew it was true. It starts to deteriorate you. It starts to make you wonder. It starts to make you question what you already know. And so you have to fight to remain yourself and never forget who you are and what you know. And it's not that people's opinions really matter. It's just that their opinions are never not there. They're always there. And they're always eating at your conscience. They're always eating at who you know you are. And so it's a challenge to remain who you are and never forget who you are and never allow them to, you know, drag you down. 
And obviously, we're not perfect. It's happened before. If you ever committed any sin, then that means that someone's opinion, you know, has gotten to you. You might say, well, it was nobody's opinion that had to do with me lying or choosing a lie or sin. It was just who I am and what I wanted to do. And you have no idea what Satan is convincing you all day, every day that you can't even hear. And yes, granted, it's not always Satan. A lot of times it is ourselves and we're just prone to these different things. But if the temptation or the, you know, option for you to go down a route that you were never meant to go down, somebody you would never, you know, actually be if it weren't placed there as a temptation, you know, strategically in order to get you to, you know, drag yourself down or go down the wrong path, then you never would have done it. I don't care what people say. We can't make things up out the sky. Even in the Bible, it says that we were pure, but that fallen angels, the angels came down from the sky and they started to teach us different things, different things like witchcraft and how to manipulate the different, you know, God given resources that we have here on earth. And that's what corrupted mankind. So you cannot sit up here and convince me that, you know, there is, like, it's just us. It's just us. We just do this on our own. Yes, what we do on our own is we turn away from God and we become disobedient when we don't know what we're doing. That's what we do on our own. You don't know what you're doing and you decide to do it anyways. That's what we do on our own. We are disobedient on our own. But everything else outside of that is a temptation. We are like innocent children. And I know a lot of people are like, oh my God, save it. We're not innocent children. We know what we're doing ever since we bit that apple. Right, exactly. But what I'm saying is that we were like innocent children. It was just a simple do what I say because we did not know right from wrong. And... When Satan decided or the angels who were aware of what was going on decided to tempt us in different directions and decided to introduce us to things that we would have otherwise never gotten into. That's what created the sin and the wrong paths that we go down. So I don't want to sound like I'm working so hard to always point the finger. We do obviously from the jump in the beginning have to take responsibility for the fact that when God says do something, just do it. You know, just simply do it. And that's what we are always wrong for. That's why we're responsible. Because even if we didn't know what we were doing, and even though we were tricked, we did have simple instructions of what not to do. And we didn't follow them. That's what we're responsible for. But everything else outside of that, of course, corrupted us. And it's corrupting mankind on a daily basis. So that's what frustrates me. Because it's so hard sometimes to just listen to God and just obey him and just do what he says. Because there's so many different temptations around us. And we cannot be blamed for the temptations around us. But we can be blamed from the jump. When God says stay focused on one thing, you just do it no matter how hard it seems it is to do. But it is very hard. Because we are human. We are not perfect. The only perfect person who have ever who was ever to exist was Jesus Christ himself. So I know what it feels like. It's like, it's not that I want to disobey you, God. It's not that I don't believe you. It's not that I don't trust you when you're telling me what I should do. But it's so hard to just do what you said to do. It's so hard to do that. My flesh, it burns. It really burns. Like... It's like God is saying, you know, stay focused on me. Think about nothing else but me all day, every day. 
Nothing else but God. Keep your mind, keep your heart focused on me, no distractions. And all day, every day, Satan is always dancing any and everything around me to, you know, distract me from God. And I fight and I fight and I fight to stay focused on God. I fight and I fight and I fight to stay facing towards God. Mind, focus, heart, body, soul, flesh, everything focused on God. I fight. But I'm always being turned around every few seconds. I can never focus on him long enough. But if I had the option right now, like, listen, I will pull you out of this world and you can come be with me and you can never go back. I would choose God right now. I really would. I don't feel that I would be missing anything. But Satan doesn't want me to make that choice right now. He wants me to make that choice when somehow I have some sort of attachment to something here. So he's trying to get me attached to something here. And as long as I'm focused on God, he's never going to let me be able to get in the presence of God to be able to be offered that opportunity. To stay with him forever and never look back. It's not fair because it's like, it's why I think it's a cheat. It's always cheating. And I, oftentimes I just ask God, why God? Why God? You know? Why can't you just, why, why do you let them? Why do you let him? You know that. He'll never let me in your presence. He never lets me around you when I'm just, when I'm ready for you. And he always attacks me when I'm at my weakest. And he's waiting for me to get to my weakest. And he's always beating me down so that I can remain or stay or go back to being my weakest self. Why are you letting him? Why can't you just let me stay with you? I understand that. It's a test and it's to make me stronger. And God has his reasons for why he places me in the positions that he's placing me in. But if it really doesn't matter, all these different opinions and all this, everything that he says really is a lie, then it shouldn't even matter what he, you know, how he's able to tempt me or pull me out of your presence. It almost it's like it's contradictory because it's like, does it matter or doesn't it? Am I supposed to believe him or aren't I? Because if I spend time actually believing what he's saying or believing the lies that he's telling, then, yeah, there's still a way to do that. I just have to fight him on it, you know. Okay, well, let's compare every single lie. Just like Jesus did. He just responded with scripture. He did have to face Satan. He did have to be tempted by Satan. It was part of his journey. So he just responded with the truth of God. He fought him with the truth of God. So, yeah, I can do that. Or I can completely ignore him, period, which we were supposed to do from the jump. From the jump, Satan was very good at lying and being accusational and tempting people, right? He tempted the serpent. He possessed the serpent and he tempted Eve. And yes, Eve was, you know, innocent minded. Had She was no match against, you know, the conniving you know, intentions of Satan. She had never been exposed to anything like that. She never been exposed to a lie. She was, of course, in a mindset that if you say something, it's what it is. It's the truth and you mean it. She had never been exposed to somebody saying something with the intent of tricking or tempting her in another direction that being deceitful, she had never been exposed to deceit. 
So when Satan came and started talking to her and telling her, her only option at that point was like, but I already know what I'm supposed to be doing. I've already had instructions before this. And a lot of times that's the biggest battle in our lives. Yes, it's not fair. It's all these different reasons to do it or it's all these different new you know, ideas or new information I feel like is really enticing or really interesting. And I might like knowledge or I might love how that sounds or I might like how that feels or I might want to actually experience that or I might want to see what that's about. But behind even listening to you in the first place, what was my instructions? That's what matters. That's what we're responsible for. So when it comes down to it each and every single day, it's like, yeah, you know, I know what I'm supposed to be doing. And I know what God said I was supposed to be doing, but this and that. And there's just no but. It's just no but. And that's what the most frustrating part about it. But that's why Jesus died on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. Because he understands that. Jesus was fasting 40 days and 40 nights. No food and no water in the wilderness. And Satan turned rocks into bread. Like, I'm already... I'm already, you know, fighting to fast after a day of going hungry. The most I've made it to is 10 days. Jesus did that four times. So it's difficult and I understand what that's like, but it's still, you know, and it's unfair as it, it seems. It really just comes down to the basis of you have instructions, even though you don't know what you're doing, even though you had no clue that it consisted of that, even though you were tempted, tricked, or, you know, deceived, it all comes down to the basis of, of you had simple instructions to begin with. And when you have a child and your child have all these different excuses why they ran into the street, while they, you know, disobeyed you when you told them not to do something, you're like, yeah, all that sounds good. And that sounds like a really interesting reason why you did it. But simply put, I told you not to. And when it comes down to it, what are you supposed to be doing? following instructions so it doesn't even matter at that point a lot of us are just like Jesus where we're going to be like yeah it does matter that does make sense you know I understand how you found yourself entangled up in that I understand how you were tempted to do that I understand why you did that like I understand but overall in order to protect them it does come down to but you have to obey what I said but this is why I love God Because God is going to always know what's the perfect response. You know, you found yourself tempted. Every single time it's not going to be consequences. But every single time it's not going to be a slap on the wrist either. He always knows how to respond, when to respond, the perfect response. And nobody can ever do that better than him. This is why we need him. And then think about all the people who feel like, well, I would know how to respond as a parent. I know how to respond to my child as a parent. I know how to, when to understand and how to understand. And you can never see the bigger picture. You can never see everything that transpired. Only God knows everything. So even if you do respond in the best way possible, you're just responding in the best way you know how. You can never respond like God does. So I love him so much for it. I love him so much for his patience with me. Because when I look at my different actions, I understand how frustrating it is. And especially being around or amongst different individuals who may be watching this or who may be, you know, paying attention to how I do things and how my mind works. And they're just like, oh, my gosh, why don't you just do this? Or why do you always do that? 
Or why are you always going on this path? Or why do I always find you here? Why can't you just listen? Why can't you just do this? And it gets so frustrating for them. And it's also extremely frustrating for me. And I think that I'm the hardest on myself than anybody can ever be on me. Honestly, I think so. Like, I've heard different people tell me on so many different occasions, like, that's you. You're arguing with yourself. You're fighting yourself. That's you who's doing you like that. Nobody else abusing you but you. And it's like, it's sad. It's a sad realization. And it's really hard to really come to terms with, like, that's me who's abusing me. Nobody else. That's me. I'm the hardest on myself than anybody is, even God. So that just goes to show that, you know, you're you're much harder on yourself. So you don't really need the opinions of others helping or adding to that. Even though it seems like sometimes they can actually benefit or help you see it from a different perspective that you're not seeing, which can help lead to you being a little bit lighter on yourself when it comes to making these different decisions. Yet still, when it comes down to it, only you know, you know, the next decision that you're going to make. Well, God knows. Only God knows the next decision that you're going to make, but only you can make it for you. So you have to do what's best for you even when you know that you're making a mistake or even when you are continuously making mistakes and you learn from them or you're not learning from them or you've repeated these mistakes so many different times you have to figure it out and I don't think that you know it's it's really healthy for somebody to force you in any direction I don't think it's healthy it's just not healthy You can't be forced to do anything. This is why God gave us free will. If he wanted to force us, then he would have forced us away from that forbidden fruit. He would have forced us to sit down. He would have forced us to not choose to listen to the serpent. He didn't force anything. He allowed us to make the decisions that we felt was necessary. Because if he had this, if he had violated our free will, we wouldn't have been able to trust him anymore. So... He gave us free will for a choice and it's for us to make decisions and move forward. And I'm going to continue to make decisions, even though I realize a lot of these decisions do lead to the pain and suffering that leads me to asking God, why is he allowing this to happen? And it's a cycle that's going to continue until I actually grow from it. But that's what's necessary to grow. So I see that. As long as I fight hard for what I believe, despite me not actually knowing if what I believe is actually the path I'm supposed to be down or I may end up learning later that what I believe is wrong and has been wrong for so long and I had yet to know that. But as long as I'm intent on getting to a better place, I don't want to stay here forever. I don't want to fight the truth. I don't want to stay caged into a small mindset or perspective forever. I do want to actually acquire that information at one point. I do want to grow. I don't want to stay small forever as long as I'm willing to have the information. That's really the, you know, it's not the best I can do for myself. Obviously, I can be way harder on myself. Like, no, that's not the best. What you need to do is fight hard for this information. Every time you're wrong, you make sure that you are you know, doing everything in your power. I mean, everything in your power, access and strength that you never knew you had every single time in order to get to that better and best option, choice, you know, and that's what the the greats do. But I'm human, you know, and when you come to terms with accepting that you're going to make mistakes and you're not perfect, 
and that, you know, you, you don't have to feel guilt and shame for those mistakes as long as you choose Jesus and you understand that he understands, that he loves you, that he saw everything and he knows you and that it's all necessary to make you who you're going to be. So a lot of times it doesn't feel necessary, especially when people are ending up in the same cycles over and over and over again for years. And you're like, why aren't you learning from this? And you're so frustrated with them. But we just need to be easier on ourselves and others. We really need to not judge. Jesus doesn't. He doesn't judge. And he's the only one who can. So I guess I'm just coming to terms with that right now where it's like I have goals. I have ambitions. There's a direction that I want to go in. There's things that I want to have in my life. There's a there's a per, there's there's a transformation that I need to happen for me. I need this. At the same time, this stress and this worry is creating, you know, I'm I'm creating and I'm I'm placing myself in an environment that's becoming extremely unhealthy to the point where it's like no matter what you do, you're not going to get there. And I remember when I was a kid, my parents used to say, you know, slow down, you know. And I would be like, but wait, I'm I'm late or I hurry. I got to do this. I got to be here. I got to do that. And, got, and, and my parent would say, well, going that rate, you're not going to get there either way. So you might as well slow down and be late. Or you might as well slow down and miss it. Or you might as well do this. You might as well do that because the rate you're going, something's going to happen. And you're not going to make it at all. Either way it go. So that's what I feel like. It's like I'm rushing and I'm running and I'm fighting so hard for something. But it's like if I die in the process of this or if I allow myself to go way too far over the edge and I end up in a mindset or a place where I'm not getting there anyways, it's not going to work out for anybody. So I don't want to give up. I don't want to give up. So that was best, the only best option, the only next best option, as hard as it is and as as devastating as it feels when I have to go through it. It is to slow down. It is to relax. Like, better safe than sorry. And I hate it. I hate it because, you know, what if me slowing down is actually the devil's voice telling me that I couldn't actually accomplish it when I could have? What if I'm actually just listening to that serpent again and... You know, if I just kept going, I'll find that he was lying to me. I could do it. I really could do it. You know, I just had to keep fighting. But, you know, I guess if you're willing to take that risk, then you're willing to take that risk. And it's nothing wrong with being willing to take that risk or not being willing to take that risk. That's just what you decide to do. But I guess I'm getting to a point where I'm finally maybe feeling like I don't know if I'm willing to take that risk anymore I don't know maybe I was better when I was maybe willing to take that risk or maybe I'm better when I'm not either way it go I know what I know what I can handle and I know what I can't even when my heart is deceitful it feels like that remains I don't feel like I can handle that but also, I don't know what I can and cannot handle. Only God knows, you know. It's just that I have to do what I can do. And if it's meant for me and it's what God wants for me to have or do, or it's, if it's a path that God wants me to go down, then 
I can be sure that no matter what I choose to do, I'll be okay regardless. I'll always be okay. Even though recent, you know, experiences have shown me that I had no choice but to fight. So if I stop fighting right now, wouldn't that be the same? Wouldn't I remain or end up in the same position? But like I said, if I end up in this position or things go that way and they're, you know, and I just stop and I stop fighting and I have no choice or whatever I whatever ends up happening is what's destined to happen. It seems, you know, unfair. It seems extremely unfair because it's like I didn't have a choice but to fight when I was in that place. All these different things happening to me, they're trying to take away me and I couldn't do anything but fight. You can't even sit there and let them kill you. You can't do anything but fight. But if I made it through all of that and I'm and I got into this point and yet still I'm facing and dealing with these different things, then obviously whatever is whatever does happen is what's meant to happen. If I feel forced to have to fight like that again, and somehow I fail, because maybe I will continue to fight. Maybe I won't have a choice but to continue to fight. I'm not saying I know for sure what I will do. What I'm saying is that if I fail, you know, then I fail. Then I just fail. Because I can't sit up here stressing about what if I fail? What if I fail? What if I fail? What if I fail? If I fail, I fail. It is what it is. Oh, well, I cannot keep allowing them to have that power over me, though. You know, they're stressing me for no reason. Wondering about what if I fail? What if I do this? What if I don't get that? What if I don't get this? Okay, well, then I just don't. And it's not fair, but I just did. I guess I just don't then. If it's truly meant for me, me stressing and spending all this time wasted on stressing about it, it's not going to change anything. And looking back on my years, when I used to stress about things and how things will turn out in the future, it did nothing but just make the time go by longer in that moment. I don't even remember at the time. The You know, I may remember the feeling of how the stress made me feel, but I don't even remember what I was stressing about. Well, I remember what I was stressing about, but I don't. It doesn't matter now. It doesn't even matter now. I'm different. Like, things are different now. You know, it happened, it came, and it passed. Those years that feel like they never were going to come, they came and they passed. I'm here now. And all that stressing and worry was just, in at the moment, just making things much worse. That's all it was. That's really all it ever does. So, thinking back on it, though, obviously there's different decisions that I made. That when I look back on it, I'm like, you know, man, I wish I hadn't done this. I wish I hadn't done that because I'm still answering to those things now, years later. But it's like all the stress and the worry about the decision and the process didn't change the cause and effect. It didn't change the reality of the situation. It didn't really change anything. It just, I was just stressing and worrying in the process. So I just need to, you know, and God told me years ago, I I worry too much. I just need to stop worrying and stressing. That's all, you know, and I don't think that I do as much anymore because God took that away from me. But maybe that's, you know, the battle that I'm facing. Satan is trying to ever since it's been identified to Satan, all the different things that God has done for me over the years and all of the different things he's done when nobody else was aware, the things that they couldn't stop. You know, now they're trying to take it all back. 
but what God gives no man can take away. But the one thing that is the biggest fight or the biggest, you know, battle is what God wants me to fight for now. I can't worry about all the things from the past. I have to worry about my future. I have to worry about what he wants me to go through now. What he wants me to do now. And a lot of times, you know, also I can feel that the enemy wants me to get confused, stress and worry with just intent, you know, being intentional about my decisions. I had to find some way to separate them. They might be very so they might be so close. It feels like they're entangled, but they're not. They can be separated. I can be intentional about my decisions without stressing and worrying about what decision I'm going to make. I can do this and it's going to take practice, but. You know, I think that's just my biggest battle right now. But I'm going to be good.